0: Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, I'm here to release my operating budget for 2020 um, and I want to highlight some of the themes that you'll see in the budget. So when I was campaigning for mayor, um, knocking on doors and meeting people at events and talking during and after forums, um, I had the opportunity to speak with thousands of folks around the city and to learn face to face what was important to them. As I embarked on crafting the budget and setting priorities for it, it was very important that I keep those priorities in mind uh, and work them into the budget. So I've taken that first-hand knowledge that I gathered on the campaign trail and what I've heard since taking office, together what, with what has been passed on to me uh, through other stakeholders that connect with community voices, such as our local community center directors, the youth out-of-school providers, and importantly, the city's neighborhood resource teams, among others. And one of the most commonly shared community priorities is how important it is to residents throughout the City of Madison to invest in our young people. To that end, and even in the midst of a tough budgeting year, I have incorporated several targeted investments in my 2020 operating budget that create and expand strategies to support children and teens primary among them is the creation of two new positions, a teen librarian right here at the Goodman South Madison Library, and a teen specialist position at the Warner Park Community Recreation Center on the north side. I created these positions because it was clear that teens are embracing those spaces, and it's crucial that when our young people look to us, we are there to meet them and to create the type of space they need to thrive and be successful. Ching Wong from the library and Terrence Thompson from Warner Park are both here to speak more about those positions. And if teens are acknowledged as critical stakeholders in our community, it is important that they have access to as much of it as Madison Metro can provide. That's why, as part of my Metro Forward program to improve transit throughout the Madison region, I have created a program that will provide all middle and high school students that are eligible with free summer bus passes. We want them to be able to get to jobs, to visit their friends, to spend time at the library, and other places of interest and mostly to have equitable access to Madison as a whole in ways that many of us take for granted. Savian Castro from the school board is here to speak to the impact of this initiative. I have also fully funded our Community Development Division's funding framework for neighborhood centers and child and youth programming. This will enable centers to hopefully expand their hours and connect more directly with families in their area of service. It also increases funding for out-of-school child and youth programming that takes place through centers as well as through other providers. Hetty Rudd, the executive director of Badger Rock Neighborhood Center, is here to speak to the increased funding for neighborhood centers and for out-of-school youth programming. Further... I have created a new mental health consultant position in our Community Development Division's child care unit that will assist early child care providers who serve children that have experienced trauma or instability in their early years. The assistance, identified as an important need by community and funded within the Community Development Division's existing budget, promises to help child care centers create successful interactions and environments within which all children can thrive. Finally, as part of the City of Madison's service promise in our emerging performance excellence framework is treating everyone the way they want to be treated, to that end we want to hear directly from young people and support them in the ways that they want to be supported. Two of our very own Wanda Fulmore interns Tamea Smith and Kari Sanford have proposed a youth summit to bring together teens across Madison and to elevate their voices. It is my pleasure to fully support this Voices for Change 2020 effort in the spring of 2020 along with the City Council and City Council leadership. I am proud of the many ways in which this budget supports children and youth across Madison. But these advances take place in the context of a very tight budget year. If we just did this year, everything that we did last year, it would have cost us $11 million more. That's why I had to ask city staff to devise new and creative solutions to deliver services with the same level of quality, but at a lower cost. I'm happy to say that city staff rose to this challenge and put forth a number of options that I have incorporated to make a final balanced budget. These include measures to rein in overtime, consolidate services, and raise revenues within the incredibly strict limits placed on us by the legislature. I will address those questions if you have them, but first I would like to introduce the other folks that are here to speak about my budget, and we'll start with Savian Castro, who is the youngest member of the Madison Metropolitan School District Board of Education.
1: Thank you. All right. So, uh, my name is Savian Castro, and you know, c- growing up in Madison, uh, I was fortunate enough to not need a car to get to school, go to work or internships, or to spend time with my family and friends. Um, like many, I was able to bus, bike, or walk to most of the locations I needed to go to in Madison, and I'm not the only one that relied on our, our transit system to to live a good life in Madison. Um, however, Madison is rapidly changing, and our transit system needs and needs to change to accommodate that growth and to ensure our growth is. Uh, Equitable and no one gets left behind. Um, and any commitment to equity today will require um, a good transit system. And Mayor or Mayor Satya's transit plan will help our families and young people uh, connect with education, employment, internship, and apprenticeship opportunities throughout the city, so that all of our hardworking families and young people can access the city's new um, amenities throughout. Um, by increasing the number of free and discounted bus passes to working families, the full amenities of uh, a rapidly growing Madison will be accessible for all families. Um, as I think of you know the demands of the economy and what our young people need to do to be successful, um, this is one of the most important things that we can do to invest in their success. Um, and I want to thank Mayor Sati and the c- city staff for being able to make this possible for our city.
0: Next, we'll hear from Hetty Rudd, who's
2: the executive director of the Badger Rock Neighborhood Center. Hello. Um, thank you, Mayor, for one, having me here, and two, for making our youth a priority. Um, my uh, day job is the exec- as the director of the Badger Rock Neighborhood Center, um, but my all-day job is the grandparent of a student who... Um, Attends Badger Rock Middle School, which is housed within the Neighborhood Center. And so as I look through these recommendations, um, I'm excited to see the ways that he will be impacted by these um, recommendations um, in addition to the neighborhood center being um, more funded so that we can have more staff um, to make sure that his environment is safe. Um, he will also be able to come here um, to Goodman on his bus pass um, to um, engage in teen activities. He was a teen who took part in the redesign here at Goodman, so I think that is just going to really bridge that gap um, for him to really feel that South Madison um, and Madison overall is a place that um, that welcomes him. Um, Also, um, I'm pretty sure that I'll be putting him up to support the Wanda Fulmore Summit. So um, I just also want to thank the other neighborhood centers that took part in the um, collaboration of neighborhood centers that um, urged the increased funding for our neighborhood centers. And I want to just draw attention to a document that we prepared um, that shows the investment um, in how, the centers leverage the city investment for $15 million and other um, sources. So, you know, this is a list of places and spaces and ways that neighborhood centers um, can help, how we do help and contribute um, greatly to what's happening in the city um, and how it impacts families and um, our youth so um, if you're interested you can come and see me and I brought a couple extra copies so um, I'm excited um, for my grandson and I'm excited for the other young people that are going to be able to take part in um, this really strong um, message that's being sent by our mayor so thank you and the common council thank you
0: thank you next we'll hear from Ching Wong who's a supervisor of this Goodman South Library
3: Back in oh. back in May, the Goodman South Madison Library had its grand reopening to celebrate the redesign of the library space. And part of the redesign involved expanding the space for the teens. The space before attracted teens, but the area was too small and used beyond its planned capacity. During the reason, redesign process, we hosted two teen design challenge sessions where teens in the community had the opportunity to design their ideal space. These sessions were led by Mike Ford, creator of the Hip Hop Architecture, and the architects of Emberg Anderson. The architects compiled ideas from these sessions and we invited the teens to another meeting to present the redesign plan, select furniture, and choose the color palette of the space. The result is the inviting, vibrant space demonstrating our collaborative effort to engage the voice of the youth in the South Madison community. The typical after-school routine for the teens visiting the library is getting off the bus and going to McDonald's and then coming to the library. The teens love hanging and socializing in the new teen space. Power poles are popular. They love charging their phones and laptops. Um, We are very proud of this teen space that we've created. Along with this great space, we are thrilled to hear that um, we are getting a, a much-needed teen librarian to um, contribute to the our commitment to engage and connect with the teens. This librarian's priorities will build trust and relationship with youth, to listen to teens, and discover how the library can better serve them as well as provide direction and structure to support them. Goodman South Madison um, Library is very fortunate to have a generous support of the people in the community. Thanks to Mayor Satya, the Neighborhood Resource Team, The library board, Greg Michaels, for advocating and making the teen librarian position a reality. We are looking forward to creating an exciting and dynamic scene for the teens in the Goodman-South Madison Library. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And next we'll hear from Terrence Thompson, who's the director of the Warner Park Community and Recreation Center.
4: Thank you, Mayor. It's really encouraging to see the investment the mayor has decided to make in youth on the north side. Uh, We've been making some significant uh, gains in creating safe spaces and opportunities for north side youth for over the past 18 months. I spent the first two years of my tenure as the director of the Warner Park Recreation Center really listening to community, uh, turning that feedback into action, um, identifying and removing barriers in policy. Uh, developing new policies and procedures that really put an equity and restorative justice lens uh, on them, Uh, conducting targeted outreach to youth from eight different neighborhoods that all feed into the uh, community center, Um, and also working directly with my staff to ensure that we're uh, facilitating a welcoming environment uh, to the youth on the north side, and really looking at new programs um, and collaborations that appeal to youth on the north side. This process has created um, a transformation in how we operate and who we're serving. Uh, We have more than doubled uh, youth participation at the center, and the recreation center is now more accessible than ever with usage every day after school for Northside youth. This new direction has created a new energy and sense of community for youth on the Northside and represents a significant change in how we operate the rec center. The addition of this new specialist position will ensure that we're able to sustain and expand on the momentum we've created and really add the staffing capacity to carry this work forward. This position will not only um, oversee programming at the Warner Park Rec Center, but also uh, tie into our NRT goals and really providing supports to the Brentwood community and connecting them to the recreation center and other critical resources that that community needs. This position um, is a key component into helping the recreation center really reach its maximum potential, and this is a huge win for the North Side and for the Madison Parks Division. So, wanted to thank the mayor for that. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, thank you all of you for joining me here and sharing a little bit more about the impact uh, of these policies, um, and thank you all for coming as well um, to hear about this. And I'm. I'm happy that the budget is released, let me say. It's been a process. Um, I'm excited about the things that we are able to do um, within the very real constraints. Uh, I think that we have delivered a fiscally responsible, balanced budget that also invests in the things that are really important, not just in our community but within the city as well. And I'd be happy to take a few questions. I'd be happy to. So we actually are funding a number of the police department's supplemental requests. Uh, So a step back, uh, I asked each and every department to provide me with three scenarios as we went into this process. So one was just cost to continue. What does it cost to do what you're doing now? One was what happens if we have to cut your budget by 2.5 percent? And one was what happens if we increase your budget by 2.5 percent? And that allowed us a menu of choices across the entire city to think about how we want to enhance services and where we can find savings. So I took a number of cuts. I also obviously added a number of things. For the police department in particular, we are adding uh, increased wellness programming for officers, which was one of their uh, top asks. We're also adding additional training for officers in terms of interacting with folks that are in mental health crisis uh, another one of their asks Um, and we also are giving them some HR tools um, to incorporate into their hiring process, another thing that they asked for Um, and so all of these I'll point out were in their supplemental request but they are also recommendations from the ad hoc task force on police policy and procedure
3: Another recommendation um, from the ad hoc committee was the uh, the position for an independent police monitor, auditor. Um, as a part of the recommendation, that position would also respond to the Civilian Review Board. Is that a part of um, this budget? Will that be coming? If you can elaborate
4: on this, be great. Sure.
0: We are funding the independent auditor position in this budget. Um, it still needs a job description and a, um you know, it'll take us a while to get to an actual hire, but um, the funding is there for that, and that position will report to me. Um, we're also in a conversation about the, the duties of the Police and Fire Commission, the Public Safety Review Committee, and a possible third civilian review body. Um, that's not a fiscal item. So those conversations are ongoing and probably will continue, uh, hopefully, past when we hire uh, an auditor position so they can have some input onto it as well. Do you have a timeline for that hiring process at this point? Not yet. You,
1: you didn't include any money for new officers in the, in the budget, and so as a result, some of the officers who are in some
4: of those specialized positions are moving back to patrol. What, what is your you know, long-term view of what those specialty positions should be in the city of London the neighborhood? Uh,
2: so
0: I... It, it's that's slightly incorrect. I didn't include any new positions in the budget, although I have offer, authorized the department to apply for future COPS grants, which would allow them to add positions. Um, but the staffing decisions are made, uh, were made by the chief will now be made by the interim chief. Um, that's not something that we dictate in the budget. So that's a conversation that happens throughout the year uh, with the chiefs.
3: Reaction to former Chief Kowal's comments yesterday about why he's resigning
0: right now, retiring? Uh, the only thing I'll say about that is that I learned over the weekend that the chief was going to retire, just like everybody else, um, and I haven't heard anything directly from him about why. So Other questions? What happens if there
3: doesn't get the COPS grant? Does that mean no new sworn officers that were requested? or uh,
0: Not in this budget. That doesn't say anything about future budgets.
3: Are you hopeful that they do get the COPS grant? I guess there's some fear of uh, the Trump administration sort of playing favors with departments in terms of issuing that?
0: I worry a lot about what the Trump administration will do with federal funding on any number of fronts. Um, I, I do hope that we will have the opportunity to both to apply and get COPS grants. Um, the other thing uh, that I will say about this is that um, we have multiple needs for staff across almost every department in the city and one of the things that we'll be embarking on over the next year will be a long-range facility plan that will allow us to think about how um, and where new city facilities need to be to best serve our population Um, along with that we will have to think about an operations plan to staff those facilities Uh, I expect that's a five- to ten-year planning. I mean, not that it's going to take us five- to ten years to plan, but that we will be looking at a five- to ten-year plan to staff out. Um, And it's far too early to say what that will mean in terms of a budget, but I'm hopeful that we will have some sense uh, of that by next year's budget. What is your hope you
3: know, with a new
0: chief moving forward, working with the police department? Uh, My hope remains what it has always been, which is that I will be able to work collaboratively with every single one of my department heads um, and to understand their priorities, to help them understand their collective priorities across departments, um, and to work together, all of us, to get the best outcomes for the city. I am um, uh, already can tell you that uh, Interim Chief Wall and I have a good relationship. We've talked multiple times since um, he stepped in, and I expect to continue that.
1: Why you remove some
0: of the funding for the uh, peer support work? Uh, we are continuing to fund the both organizations that have contracts with peer support. Um, I, based on the utilization of some of the current year funding, it felt appropriate to bring that level down a little bit. Can you yeah. Talk a little about what the independent police
1: auditor, I know you said you don't have a job description, but what is their role? What are they supposed to
0: do? So I would refer you to the recommendations of both the OIR report and the Ad Hoc Task Force on Police Policy and Procedure for the full details. Um, But in short, the idea is to have an independent uh, individual who is able to look at Uh, any incidents or any investigations and that would happen inside the police department and to have an independent eye onto those things um, and to also to facilitate potentially community engagement um, uh, with the city around issues of policing. But again, um, I think that the recommendations that came out of the OI report and the ad hoc, um, they did actually forward that one recommendation to us, although I hope to see their full report soon. And, ask for a lot of things, and I don't know that one position can do all of those things. So part of the process of writing a job description will be to prioritize which pieces we think are most important.
4: Can you say how you landed on the $40 amount for the vehicle? Or is that in relation to other fees
1: around the
0: state? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm not sure if we have a chart, but um, there are, I think, 30-something um municipalities that have in the past uh, eight years added vehicle registration fees. Um, So we're definitely not alone, and I think that that's a direct reaction to the very severe limits that the state legislature has put onto municipalities in terms of our ability to raise revenue. Um, So we looked at um, what's needed not only in this budget, but again, trying to plan for the long term. Um, what we will need in subsequent years, Um, and uh, there's no particular science to it, but that level is what we felt was needed, not just for this year, but, again, for the long term.
3: Were there other alternatives that you thought about proposing instead of this fee, or was this sort of the last last
0: option from the city? There there are very, very few ways that cities can raise revenue in the state of Wisconsin, Um, and I think, again, you're seeing that across the state as more and more cities turn to vehicle registration fees to raise the needed revenue. Um, There really aren't very many additional options, Um, so the other options that we considered were really all looking at other places that we could cut, um, and many of the cuts that we didn't take would have, uh, I think, much more drastic impacts on the community.
1: Uh, Do we have too many fire stations and aren't they in the right locations?
0: Uh, I do not think we have too many fire stations. Um, I would defer the, the question about location to the chief, um, but again, one of the conversations that I think we need to have, um, particularly now that we are very close to knowing what the City of Madison's boundaries will be in the long term, um, is where we do need stations Um, not just fire stations, but also police stations and streets facilities and refueling facilities and libraries and community centers. I could go on. Um, And so that's part of why we'll be conducting a long-range facility planning process to understand not just where we need those services, but how we can get any sort of efficiency or synergy out of co-locating services. And how
1: does that process work, just with department heads or...?
0: Yeah, it's um, it's actually not a new process, um, so it's uh, it's a group that has convened in the past. Um, it will be primarily department heads, but obviously we'll have to pull in a number of staff from facilities uh, and probably additional staff from the departments that are most impacted to make sure that we're not forgetting anything. One more question. All right,
2: thank you, All right. Thank you very much.